What's going on, everybody? It's JP Grant, the CEO, the founder of Refine Your Narrative. So welcome back to another episode of Refine Your Reality podcast series. Now, I help entrepreneurs overcome self-doubts so that they can speak fearlessly on stage, on camera, and one-on-one in 45 days so that they can become champion public speakers in order to scale their business brand visibility with utmost confidence and skill sets. So sit back, hold on to your hats, your wigs, and grab a notepad because this episode is about to get juicy. Man, I'm so excited, especially for today. And it's so funny because... We're, we're going to get right into it, and we're going to talk about, you know, what are the certain skill sets that you need to have in order to become a successful entrepreneur, and we'll talk about that, and we'll even go into, you know, what does success look like and all that good stuff, but if you haven't checked out the last episode already um, or the welcome episode, make sure you go in and check those out. You can actually stop and pause right here, go check those out, and we'll be waiting right here right back at this time, um, right for you. But listen, before we even get into the nitty-gritty of things in our in our regular routine, I wanted to shout out myself and all my other Season 4 castmates. Um, I want to shout out Wes Bergman. Um, I want to shout out, you know, the whole entire Dream Team over there at, at Beta Blocks in Kansas City Live right now because we just hit over half a million views on our first episode for the blocks. Let's give it up. Let's give it up because that was exact, like, exactly what I talk about when you just don't see the behind the scenes of things. And I was so, so grateful, so honored to be a part of that project, that humans and project that I think spent, you know, hours, days, and, and you know, probably now years, right, of even just getting that season into tact. So there's a long-term strategy that you guys probably don't even see at hand uh, or what goes down to, you know, productions and, you know, big media projects and stuff like this. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, we always just got to celebrate because those are the things in the moments that are going to keep us going. And so, like I said, we reached over half a million uh, views, right, so far. And it's only been like four days since the launch. So uh, for those who don't know, so Beta Blocks is actually a show that has a hidden curriculum hidden inside of it for entrepreneurs. So Beta Blocks is a 24-hour filming series of entrepreneurs from all different types of walks of life, different industries, all different parts of the world, might I add. I mean, from Canada, from Alaska, from Boston, to Cali, to Nebraska. It, it was amazing. And the different types of energies and you know the, the charismas that were in the room was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Like the kids that I met, and like, I'm talking about the kids, the cats. I was the only kid there. I was the youngest entrepreneur in that room, might I add. And we'll talk about that once again, right? A little bit more later and what that looks like and what does that mean to me. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout myself out and my cash and, you know, the team real quick. Uh, once again, you can actually find that. So if you go in uh, and you type in the blocks on the app or Google Play, you'll find the whole app and you can download and binge watch the series right there on your phone or tablet, computer, whatever, 
But if you go on Facebook, you actually help us out, you know, with our view count and, you know, Hollywood's watching. And you'll be able to actually check us out there on Facebook. Every single week, you'll see a new drop. Um, so get excited. Get pumped up. Like, share, comment, whatever it is so you can, uh, you know, show people what we're about and what we're made of, right? We worked really, really hard on it. And I know Wes has been working really, really hard on every single season all the way through. Uh, so shout out to Wes. <clears throat> All right, now let's get into the nitty-gritty on why we're here, right? <laughs> let's get into the episode. Uh, today is one of my favorites so far, so if you've been, you know, rocking three episodes strong, or if you're coming from, you know, an audience who isn't too sure about my business and you're, you know, sporadically, you know, just diving in the episodes, you could be wherever, but that's why I gave you guys that heads up, make sure you're going back and um, watching all the episodes that, that led us to here, because I, I, I'm kind of doing this intentional and deliberately, where I'm giving you and laying that foundation as we go, as the episodes increase, uh, so as, you know, the episodes go on, I'm getting better, you're getting better, so the intensity goes up, right, and so we're going to be getting into the, the deeper things. Uh, so, once again, we're going to be talking a huge, huge, huge amount of how important are skill sets and why do do skill sets become important and what makes them important, right? Is there a measure, uh, measurement stick or something that says, hey, you, you've done this amount of skill, you're this amount of level of successful, right? Like, how does that work? And um, we're going to talk about, you know... Are there certain things that are called low-value skills? Are there such things called high-value skills? And, and what does that really mean, right? Um, so once again, let's, 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 let's dive into a scripture here. Um, every episode, we'll be diving into just one piece of scripture uh, to start off our you know, week, start off our Monday, and uh, get into things. So in Exodus 35.10, there's a quote, All who are skilled... Among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. Once again, that's Exodus 35.10. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. So what does that mean? So to me, what that means is we're looking at all the skills, we're looking at all the gifts, rather, that God has given us, that God has allowed for us to get. Right? To, to acquire, to obtain. And so what that means is you become everything that the Lord has commanded you to be once you go out and you become fruitful. Right? And so sometimes when we're looking at, you know, the tree or the tree of knowledge, right? The tree of wisdom. When we're looking for the low-hanging fruit, which may be money, which may, may be, you know, materialistic things such as cars, Right? girls, <laughs> if that's a materialistic thing, I don't know, but, right, if it's, you know, a random girl rather than your lover, right, those could be, you know, low-hanging fruit, rather, right, and so we want to make sure that we're getting the highest level of fruit, which is the highest level of wisdom, of knowledge, right, even trust, even, even trust, even, right, and so I had a couple questions that I've been getting asked lately, and um, I want to, you know, go in and dive into them. So, when do you start building high skill sets? Is there such, you know, perfect timing, right? Is that a thing? And so, I want to discuss this and, and really break this down for you. That when you take the moment and you make it perfect, you no longer are waiting for the such thing that probably doesn't exist as the perfect moment. So, instead, I encourage you, take the moment head on. Make the moment perfect. So instead of you waiting around, right? 
Those are things that you could be doing. So so let's let's put into perspective like this. Be very impatient when it comes to taking action. Be very impatient when it comes to taking action. However, now you want to be very and I'm I'm being deliberate when I say this. You want to be very patient when it comes to results. Right? So be impatient with the actions. But be patient with the results. So what that means is, you'll probably hear me say this. I say this a lot, actually. But that is exactly, remember when I said that you have to divorce, right? Divorce the outcomes from the activities. So the activities are the things that we're going to be putting in every day-to-day basis. So things like content creation, right? I'm a content creation machine. Those are things that I have to do on a daily single basis. Now, I can't every day post something and expect it to go viral, right? Now, I can post something... And expect it to hit different, right? I, I know when I post something and I'm like, oh, this is sweet. It's going to hit different, right? But sometimes, sometimes the engagement doesn't necessarily interact. And that could be not because of my content. That could be because of my, my headline, right? Maybe my one second, two second grabber was enough. And I'm just like, hey, JP, what it is, what it do? Hey, I'm awesome, right? But sometimes if you notice, I'll, if I know it's going to smack y'all, I'll forget the hey, what's going on. I'm right into the content. Right into the climax because I need to get your attention. I know I got about five seconds to get your attention, so I'm head on, right? So that's a skill set that I build, right? Um, and there's just different types of skill sets. That's a part of my uh, storytelling skill set, which is entirely why we're here right now, right? I'm trying to teach you guys how do you use storytelling as a way to really convey and portray your message with literally little to no effort, right? Just the act of storytelling, right? The act of doing. And so when you start building these skill sets, you can necessarily build these skill sets as soon as you realize, like, you have a goal and, and you want to work towards that goal. So one of the also questions, and we'll actually, we'll answer it hand in hand. How about that? Because I think they answer their own question. So I get, you know, once again, multiple questions. When do you start building skill sets? But then I also get, do I have to leave my 9 to 5? Or when should I leave my 9 to 5? Or you know, how does that work and how do you switch over? How do you transition? And so what I would say my best advice to you all who are listening right now is this. If you're in your 9 to 5 currently and you're looking to get out, or even if you're not looking to get out, right? But let's say you are, right? Person A, you come to me, you're looking to leave your 9 to 5, you're looking to make that transition to a full-time entrepreneur. Well, you have to do this. I would ask you first, you know, what type of skills do you have? What is your skill set? What does your toolbox essentially look like, right? And so if I wanted to leave my 9 to 5, I know I'm okay because I could pull certain things out of my toolbox, right? So if I, let's say, need um, let's say I need $5,000 ASAP, I can look at my toolbox right now and be like, hey, what can I use? What gift can I use to utilize and get this money, right? So maybe it's my gift, a voice. Right? Maybe it's my ability to speak I pull out. Maybe it's my ability to write, right? I have really good copywriting skills, right? Maybe I can pull that out. I have a really good sense of connections and building relationships. Maybe I can pull out my community builder toolbox out, right? So there's there's different toolbox that you might even have, and then there's different tools inside each toolbox that you might have. So I might have my community building toolbox. Then I might have my maybe branding toolbox, right? So whatever it is, take those tools and you learn them and you apply it to your own self. So let's say um, I'm still working at Jabla. 
for those who don't know, I used to work at Joblot. I used to actually be a salesman. I used to work at Joblot. I used to be a mechanic. I used to work at Dunkin' for about four to six years. There was lots of jobs that I had, and I never knew I was building certain skills to make me the person who I am today, to make me the community builder who I am today, but ultimately to make me the entrepreneur who I am today. And so all those skills that I was building, right? If you're in customer service, that is one of the highest return on investment skills that you can build today, right? And so that's what I'm here today in this exact episode to teach you that there are important skill sets that you need to learn. And and I don't care if you're not an entrepreneur or full-time entrepreneur yet, you could be learning those skills today in your nine to five, whatever it is. Some of you guys babysit out there. We were ta- Me and my girl, we were talking about yesterday how babysitting is a huge, huge skill. And some of us out there, whether you're in your teens or whether you're uh, an aunt and uncle or big cousin or big brother, big sister, whatever it is, those are skills you can be utilizing to your advantage right now, right? And so public speaking is one of the highest, public speaking is one of the highest return of investments in business, right? Without a doubt, without a single doubt. Using your voice, operating in your gift, and knowing your story, knowing your ability to convey a message through storytelling, oh my God, that just blew my mind. It blew my mind. Because sometimes when I realized, like when I, when I looked at a good salesman or when I looked at someone with really great customer service, it wasn't necessarily that they were good at buying their product. I mean, selling their product. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, they're really good at selling or they're really good at pushing sales. No, it was they're really good at building a sense of trust. They're really good at building a sense of likeliness. They're really good at being funny, being humorous, being entertaining, right? I love when I go to Starbucks and oh my god, I love Starbucks and you know, coming from someone who worked from Dunkin'. I did work at Starbucks for a little little bit um before I actually made my transition to full-time entrepreneurship. But what I mean is that I went to Starbucks and it was a great experience. You go to Apple sometimes. It's either a hit or miss, right? Depending on the types of geniuses in there, right? The geniuses are going to be the ones right at the door, right? You you ever go to the car lot, you see someone right at the door, they're waiting for you, right? Those are the types of geniuses probably in the Apple store that are going to get those sales, right? Because those are the ones who are ready to make the, the, hey, how are you? How are you doing today? How can I help you? I'm here if you need me type of suggestors, right? Those types of gestures are very needed when you're building a community, right? When you're building that trust factor, that's actually when the selling becomes easy because you're no longer selling. You're just swiping, right, or enter their details. Hey, you can buy here, right? Hey, you can purchase here, right? No longer becomes a selling, um, right? See, <laughs> see, Jobs already did that part, right? Um, but another part I want to talk about is, you know, what are those low-value skills and are there such thing as low-value skills? Because once again, I just brought up a point that babysitting is a huge skill, right? Public speaking is a huge skill. Both high return on investment uh, because you can utilize these skills later on in life, you know, without even realizing. But the problem is, is that people probably think or are out there thinking, oh, this won't matter in life later, 10 down years the road, or this won't matter, you know, five years down the road. But that is essentially not true. And so there's even little things, right? Little things like maybe in class, right I was in school and you know I'd always volunteer to read out loud or I always volunteer to uh, give the presentation when we could or I'd always volunteer to you know read back and recap to the class why because I realized I had a voice I realized I had a 
gift of speaking that was so natural that like even though there were so many other people in the group right maybe who were more smarter than me in the group who maybe contributed more than me but I knew when it came to shine right my gift was being able to showcase exactly what we did exactly how we thought exactly how we brainstormed where where our thoughts went and how our mind raised and how we solved the problem how we came up to the solution I'm really good at conveying the message, at delivering the message, and so, it was so funny, I gave um, a little uh, pitch the other night, and in my pitch, I was descri- describing my, my ideal customer client, versus, you know, maybe some exceptions, and one of my exceptions was a guy named Good Energy Earl, because, I call him that, because Good Energy Earl has love, loves to talk to people, you know, loves to do what I did, right, you know, uh, deliver the message, however, they didn't know how to necessarily package it, they didn't necessarily know how to deliver as in, you know, show the step-by-step process, they just kind of loved hearing themselves speak, loved making those connections with people, loved interacting, getting the hype um, out of the crowd, but necessarily didn't know the skills when it came to speaking, didn't know the system when it came to storytelling, right? And so when we look at good speakers, nine times out of ten, it's because they have a good-ass story, right? But listen, there's no such thing as low-value skills, so I want to get that out of your head, right? Whether it's babysitting, whether that's copywriting, whether that's being a thought partner. God, guys, did you know that thought partners are in business? And if a thought partner is listening to this, I just want to give you a shout-out. Like, yo, you guys are the coolest thing ever. Um, actually, no one who actually, oh, I have a call with actually this week. Um, I'm so excited. Um, But... It's just so cool because I didn't know that was a thing. Like, you know you can actually have skills just to listen? Like, listening is a skill? Listening is a high profitable skill. Like, what do you think consultants do? They listen and give advice. That's all consulting is, right? And so it's funny because, you know, there's so many people out there doing things that you probably aspire to do. That, you know, you probably want to do too, but you're probably just too scared to do it. And so my, my advice, you know, just gatewaying towards this conversation is like, I had strengths, right, such as speaking, you know, delivering my message, packaging my message, knowing how to create systems and processes and all that good stuff. But let's be real. I also had weaknesses. But my problem and I guess the solution to the problem was I was very deliberate on fixing and finding solutions to my weaknesses. So I knew one of my weaknesses wasn't, you know, speaking. One of my weaknesses, can you guess? It was the opposite of speaking. <laughs> one of my weaknesses was the opposite of speaking. It was uh, listening. <laughs> I had a trouble. I don't know. I just had a bad trouble listening. Like, I love to be in the one talk, right? Like, I love to talk. And so honestly, if I'm being real... I gotta say, I think I was good energy Earl at Once Upon a Time. So, I've been good energy Earl before. I've been scared, um, scared, you know, Stephanie. I've been terrified Tanya, the one who's just scared to speak and get on K- on stage, get on stage, get on camera, you know, talk in one-on-one sessions. But I've been a lot of places. I've been a lot of, you know, feelings. And I've been on a lot of stages when it comes to my speaking. And I think that the biggest one-up and the biggest advantage I had over, you know, a lot of people was getting my reps in. Oh, man, I always got my reps in. I was speaking whenever I could speak, but that's not what made me great, right? That's not what made me awesome. That's not what made me a phenomenal speaker. What made me a phenomenal speaker was that I was really good at, once again, finding my weaknesses, you know, just the things that didn't highlight my strengths. And that was listening, like I said, and so I deliberately was listening more. (sighs) Whenever I come into a space, I think of two things. 
I think of one. What can I contribute to the space? So what can I add? What can I add value to? And then two, I think of what can I take away from the space? What can I, you know, share and take away from the environment? Right? So those are two things. And I always think about it. It's been my model for a long ass time. You know, what can you take away from the space? And then what can you contribute to the space? Those are two things you should be thinking. And so sometimes, that's what I like to think about, you know. Who are you hanging around with? And, and, and then what kind of information are you getting when you hang around with them? So if you're hanging around with people who necessarily make you the smartest person in the room. I think about that, you know. I think about that for a little bit. Are you the smartest person in the room? Or, think about this, are you the dumbest person in the room? And so sometimes, there's advantage to both. There's cons to both. Why? Because if I'm the smartest person in the room, then I have the ability to contribute a lot of value to the space. Now, whereas, if I'm the dumbest in the room, I have the ability to take away a lot of value from the space. And so even if you find the balance too, you know, what can you learn? What can you take away? Every time you're in the space, oh, it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be tremendous value for you and for the tremendous value for those in the room. And that's how I just like to look at it, right? What are those value skills that I can learn? And then what are those high value skills that I can actually give and give people the blueprint to? And so that's literally essentially why I even created this podcast too, there are certain strengths and there's certain weaknesses that I'd like to share. All right. So where can I learn this? Once again, you can learn it in your 9 to 5 if that's where you are. You can learn it in the room full of people. And that's why I, I, I'm going to do a whole entire episode. So that's why I'm not even, if you see me just brushing over it, that's because I'm doing a whole entire episode of getting in the room. Get in the room. Right? And matter of fact, that's next episode. So if you want us to uh, st- uh, stay and tuned in and, and, and really figure out how you get some of these opportunities, uh, because opportunities are not scheduled appointments, you must be prepared. I'm going to say it again slowly. Opportunities are not scheduled appointments. You must be prepared. Always be prepared. Because if you get ready to get prepared, or if you get prepared to get ready, you'll never have to get ready again, essentially. Right? So if you always are prepared, you'll never have to get ready again. And so... I talk a little bit about that just even with my speeches, right? Even with public speaking, essentially. I'm always prepared so I don't have to get ready. Uh, so every time I have a pitch or a speech, I'm just doing minor tweaks to my audience, minor tweaks to what I want my audience to go. So that roadmap that I talk about and my coaching program, whatever. We'll get into that. I'm, I promise, guys, anything that I don't go over into depth, it's because it's purposeful. I'm going to get into depth in another episode or later down the road. Um, so I'm once again building this foundation for you all so you can understand, right? So you can understand the ability to storytell. You can understand the history behind it. And you can understand exactly where the future is going to be because of it. And so, um, get in the room is very important. So next episode, we'll be talking about, are you the smartest in the room? Are you the dumbest in the room? Um, and, and what does that look like for us? <sighs> Alright, take a deep breath. Alright, and so the last thing that I want to talk about today is that you have to buy the skills sometimes that make you a millionaire. And so you'll hear a lot of controversies and a lot of debate and I don't want to hear it. Um, If you want to produce phenomenal skills, that's going to take two things. It's going to take volume and it's going to take time. 
you want to produce phenomenal skills, it's going to take volume and it's going to take time. You cannot get, you know, you know, productions of skills without either volume or without any time. One of those two is either missing. So if you feel like you're not where you want to be uh, successfully, financially, uh, uh, you know, spiritually, mentally, that's because there either is an amount of volume uh, applied or produced to it or there's not enough, you know, time. So volume and time is how you're going to get those uh, substantial results and how you're going to get those, you know, phenomenal um, skills. So... Ask yourself this question, and I'm going to ask you right now, you know, when you want the skills to be a millionaire, do you think that it costs millionaire money to get those skills? <laughs> oh my god, I'm laughing, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you, I promise I'm laughing with you. Because a lot of us thinks that it takes a million dollars to build million dollar skills, to build million dollar attributes. That is incorrect, that is not true, that is a myth. And I want to tell you a little secret, so I'm going to lean into the mic here. Hey, I'm going to tell you a little secret. It doesn't cost a million dollars to get a million dollar mindset. To get a million dollar routine. To build a million dollar business. Okay? And so I want to hear you say it to yourself out loud. That you do not need a million dollars to produce a million dollar company. Right? And so, a lot of people, and I wanted to say this, I want to be real, like, can I be so real with y'all right now? I used to be out there the one spreading mis misinformation, misconceptions, because I believe certain of these myths, I believed some of these myths, to be true. But the problem was, is that I think the myth was true at the time, and it, it was true, but it wasn't the truth. So, the truth is, and the matter of the fact is, you don't need money to make money. I used to go out saying that, like, and I feel guilty, and I feel bad for telling you guys this, but I literally used to go out saying, you need to spend money to make money, and while there's truthness to that, it isn't necessarily the truth, right, so it can be true, but it's not necessarily the truth, and so I've seen millions and millions and millions of billionaires, rather, make thousands and thousands and thousands of other people rich by not, you know, uh, Spending and spending and spending, spending that money, but investing, investing, investing. Like I said, <laughs> I feel guilty for telling you guys this, but like, I literally used to go out there thinking that you needed money to make money. And, and the truth is, if I could go back in time and change what I said, I would say this instead. You need high valuable skills in order to produce money. You need high value skills in order to produce a successful, you know, business. And so, you know, I would ask you that, I, I would ask this question to you guys and ask it in your head or ask it out loud, but the question you have to ask yourself is this. You have to pay in order to produce phenomenal skills. I told you guys this. You pay with time and you pay with volume, right? So volume times time produces phenomenal skills. Now, I want to show you a little cheat code, though. I want to show you a cheat code because I know a lot of us out there, you're listening right now and you're looking, you're like, JP, just give me the damn life hacks. Give me the damn shortcuts. And I talk about shortcuts, how they could be deadly, because sometimes you can't end on a dead end, but if you know what you're doing and you've been on the road before, or 
you know someone who's been on the road before, right? Then you know that that, that road's safe. And so I want to show you this. Listen, ask yourself this question. To produce phenomenal skills, you must pay. However, if you know you're going to pay, would you rather pay with time? Or would you rather pay with money? So money you get back, time you don't. Now ask yourself this. What would you rather pay in order to produce phenomenal skills that produce phenomenal will and and essentially a, a phenomenal business? So would you rather pay your hard working earned money or your hard working time? So ask yourself because... I, I, I'm bringing this into perspective for you all because I essentially had this debate with someone recently and I had to tell them like, yo, you got to get a hold of your time, bro. And you got to get a hold of other people's time because when you play with other people's time, essentially you're playing with their money and you're playing with yours. Because listen, I'll be real with y'all. $40 is $40. I don't really care who I'm giving it to. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, the results are the results. And so, if I'm getting a haircut, I'm paying you for that result, right? But then I realized, I started tipping people not for the results, right? Because I'll tip, but I won't tip if you give me the same service as the next guy. I'll tip if you do something substantially, you know, uh, a higher above expectations than I expected. So, if I see someone goes fast... I don't think that, oh, you're rushing the work. I think, oh, you're cutting down my time. That's how I look at it. You're doing the same amount of skills. You're doing the same amount of results and the same transformation in less time. To me, yeah, dude, you owe a tip. Same thing going to a restaurant. Waiter comes out fast as hell. You're hungry as hell. Damn well, they're getting a damn tip. Or a lady comes out and gives, what can I get you guys for a drink? No waiting around for 20 minutes looking for a server just to get you a drink. That, that's high quality service. Right? And so when I'm going to the barbershop and I'm getting a haircut and I have to wait 20 minutes after I booked online, reserved with my card, and I still have to wait over 15 minutes after my grace period is over, after my time meter on my parking is running, are you serious? After I have a meeting to go to in an hour, right? I'm rushing. I'm pushing my time back. And so... I'm sorry, I'm ranting right now because I'm I'm pissed off. I've been pissed off because my barber didn't respect necessarily my time. And so, I'm sorry, man, but listen, I had to get a new barber. And now your friend is getting your money and your tips, dude. Why? Because I told my friend, you want to know what's something? Listen, you play with people's time, you play with people's money. And I told my barber that. And so, I told him. The next time you think you want to play with someone's time, you're going to play with your money, bro. And uh, if that's any valuable to you, I hope so. Because it's important that, you know, you that time is a new currency and you learn that, right? Money is not the currency anymore. If you're thinking, you know, oh, yeah, USD or, you know, no, 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 no. No, the time currency is EST, Eastern Time, right? The time currency is a new currency, all right? It isn't necessarily value of money because monetary value is one thing, but value in general is another thing. And you'll hear me talk about it. And, dude, we can have a whole episode. Um, you can actually read my book. It's called uh, Refine Your Most Successful Narrative. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can actually just type in, you know, uh, refine your most successful narrative, or you can type in refine your narrative, JP Grant on Amazon.
anything my name, you'll just find all my stuff. Um, or you can literally reach out to me, and I'll make sure you get that link if you can't find it. But I wrote a whole entire book, a whole chapter about uh, monetary value and what that means and what that looks like and what the difference is because value is huge. And when we talk about value, it's so broad. And so that's why even in the entrepreneurship world, when people are like, add value, add value, you know, even when I say it, we got to get deeper than that, right? Because what does value mean? Value is subjective. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll have an episode called Extreme Value. And um, I'll, I'll make sure I hold myself to it if that is valuable, right, to you guys in the audience. Um, so... Basically, I want to just leave you with this last tip uh, um, and just get to the point here. Get ready to get ready, right? That's what I said. So you don't have to always get ready. And I see a lot of people, they're, they're planning, planning, planning. And it's, it's something that, like I said, any, anything that I share with you on this podcast is because I've seen one hand, right, first, first experience, or I've done it myself. And so what I'm trying to do is get you to avoid and alleviate some of this pain process so that you don't have to go through the same experience that I've went through or that some of my clients have been through so that you can just get the head start, right? So we're trying to show you the elevator <laughs> instead of taking the stairs, essentially. And I'm no, once again, no problem taking the stairs, but I know for those who are listening, um, we're, we're really looking for what you call those life hacks, but not necessarily those life hacks, but that elevator, uh, elevator way to get there rather than taking the stairs. Um, and that's what I mean by paying your way to get there rather than, you know, Taking the time and years to do so. Literally, if you want to hack, and I'll tell you right now, I paid people who were exactly where I wanted to be, paid them to get the skills that they had to obtain and acquire the knowledge just in a less amount of time and paid them the money for it. Once again, money and time is very subjective when you're talking about value. But, um... <laughs> that leads me to like when 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 Gary V and Grant Grant Cardone they had like this little argument about who works harder and who works smarter and it was just funny to me because one of those guys does work harder and one of those guys does work smarter and um it's up to you to do your own research um I don't I don't really care all I know is that fuck working hard work smart and um if you're getting one percent better then you're getting better every single day okay so get one percent better um every day and you're in the right direction. Uh, once again, next episode, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, high extreme value and really getting in the room to get those high valuable skills. So once again, laying everything on the foundation today in this, today's episode, we talked about how do you build those valuable skills, right? And, and where do you find those? And so next episode, we'll be talking about getting in the room so you can start building, so you can start getting those reps in, so you can start building and, and really finding out what are your strengths and what are those quote unquote weaknesses. So you can make all your weaknesses your strengths and really get into it. So once again, if you're getting one percent better every day, then you're in the right direction. All right, guys, it's JP Grant, the owner, the founder of Refine Your Narrative, Refine Your Reality. All right, see you guys next episode next Monday at eight a.m. for the new drop of Refine Your Reality podcast. Oh, and P.S., make sure, if this is very, very helpful to you, that you go on my Instagram and you type in Refine Your Narrative, you like, you tag, you share it, and uh, you tag me in this episode uh, so other folks can get, get in tune and get in line, So, and you go share it with a friend. All right, peace out, guys, and see you next Monday. Pew!